Amen. Good morning. You happy to be here this morning? It's a beautiful day outside. The Lord's blessed us and just got out, just stepped outside and I was like, oh my, it just feels so good. Last weekend we got down to Florida and it was it was like freezing cold and the wind blowing. I'm like, this is this is so crazy. And then by Monday we were getting sunburnt, so the weather's just changes so much around this time of year. But um, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Hebrews 11, the first chapter. You you can stand with me if you'd like. Thank God for His goodness. We're going to talk about faith this morning, and the greatest chapter about faith is Hebrews 11, the faith the faith chapter. We're just going to read the first verse. Many of you can quote it by heart, I'm sure. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here this morning gathered together. Lord, just to be able to come into the house of God and just to lay down all of our burdens, Lord, all of the cares from the past week, the days leading up to this day, Lord. May we just concentrate upon you. May you, Lord, you take our time, Lord, this offering that we have, Lord, there's not much, dear God, but we give all we can, Lord, to thee, Father, this morning, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. You know, the Lord certainly doesn't ask much of us, does he? He just, he just wants us to trust him and be faithful, amen. faithful and true. Now, we want to talk about faith a little bit this morning, and, and so it says it's the substance of of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, sometimes you might say, well, what does that even mean? But it is a substance, and it's an, it's an evidence. And Brother Branham would describe faith many times as when a hungry man receives money, he is received the, he's just as happy as if he would get the, get the food in his, in his stomach. Yeah, now, I remember watching a, a program called Alone, and and so the man is, is there, and they have to see how long they can survive in the wilderness by themselves. And the person who makes it the longest wins like a half a million dollars, $600,000, or something like that. So the whole time he's trying to fish for himself, he's trying to hunt for himself, he's doing everything he can with the anticipation and the hope of maybe he's going to outlast everybody else. And at the end of the, when the last person finally taps out, or what they call tapping out, and he's the last one, then they'll come. And they'll tell him, you're the last one, you've won. And I've watched that program many times, and when they tell them that they've won, they've gone through the trial, they've gone through the battle, they're weak, they're, many times they've been injured, they're hungry, they're starving, they've lost 40, 50, 60 pounds, but yet as soon as they tell them you've won, you ought to see the greatest joy that's ever come over them. Amen. Even though they're still weak, they're still hungry, they haven't seen the half a million dollars, but just hearing the good news, you've won. It's the same thing as them having it in their hand. And that's exactly what faith is. It's God is telling us, you've won. <laughs> you didn't have to do all this. Thing. I've done it for you. And so, and, and they'll, the whole way, they're riding the boat back, and, and it might be days before they get to see their loved one, but they know, hey, I've been out here for six months or three months. I can see my wife again. I can see my children again. And they've got that joy and that peace 
and that happiness knowing from the news that was told them from a film crew. How much more should we this morning be expecting and be thanking God for the news that he's given us? Oh, I've got good news for you this, this morning. It's better than a half a million dollars, I can tell you that. Because somebody might steal it from you. With inflation, it's probably worth about a half of that now. And, and so, you know, but thank God that we've got a promise. Amen. Amen. Now, so faith is a substance. So that's the thing. That's what it's talking about. It's a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, even though he didn't see the money yet. He hasn't had one bite of food yet, but he's just as happy. And that's just like you and I. Now, let's go down to the, uh, verse 6, Hebrews 6. Uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6. Now, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, it, this is something that's so important. We have to have faith. It, it's, it's the most important thing you can have. You have to have faith before you can even be saved. You have to have faith to receive the Holy Ghost. You have to have faith to believe the word that's been spoken to you in this day. If it's that important, then we need to see how can we get more faith? How, how can I increase my faith, Lord? Now, in Matthew 13, if you want to turn there, you don't have to stand. Matthew 13, 58. It's talking about Jesus when he went through and, and he was in Nazareth. And it was in his hometown. And, he, and he's already had healing revivals and people have known about him. But yet because of their unbelief, the Bible says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Well, that's not it. But Hebrews, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew 13, 58. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's the only thing that can hinder the work of God yeah. is unbelief. So we need to get rid of all the unbelief. Now, how do we do that? How do we get rid of the unbelief? Now, what we have to do, of course, we know. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, um, let's go down to, I'm going to say slide, not slide there. Um, let, let's go down to where it says it's... Um, Looking at the unseen, uh, it's uh, number 76 there. There it is. I'm told by the aviators who fly there, here, real fast jet planes, and they say that the plane getting up to a certain speed, that it vibrates and it shakes, and it seems like that the bolts are going to fly out of it, that the wings are going to come off until they pass the sound barrier. But after they once pass that sound barrier, they say the plane just sails out just in ease when it passes the sound barrier. That's the obstacle that's in the way of the plane. When it passes its own sound, then it runs at ease. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to read the next one here in just a second. But Brother Branham, he typed that as receiving the Holy Ghost. He typed that as getting through the battles of this world. And, and so what is that sound? It's the uncertain sounds that we hear all the time. It's the uncertain, it's, it's the sound, it's the words of the devil telling you, well, you're not worthy. It's the words of the devil saying, well, that's for somebody else. That's for Brother Adam or that's for Brother Caleb, right? Did I say it right? Josh or Caleb, I can't ever get you right. I think I said it right the first time, didn't I? Or for Brother Josiah. Maybe that's for somebody else, but it's not for me. See, and that's the devil talking to you because every promise in the book is whose? Mine. 
It's my promise. It was given to me. So now when those people come to that guy and said, you've won a half a million dollars, and on the boat ride back off that island or wherever he's at, somebody's saying, you're really not going to get it. I don't know what they've told you, but oh, no, they've done told me. I've seen the contract. I know it's written. I'm going to get that money. It's as good as mine. Oh, no, don't ever think that. See, that's just the devil telling you that. He's telling you you're, you're not worthy enough, and you're not. None of us are. If you try to get that on your own worthiness, brother, you're a miserable failure just like I am. Like Brother Jason was talking about, I'm an unprofitable servant. Well, thank God. Because God doesn't need my profit. He doesn't need anything that I can do except for believe what he's already done. That's all we have to do. It seems so simple, but yet it's so hard. Because what can hinder faith? Unbelief. Doubt. Unbelief. All these things come in so many different manifestations. One thing is is maybe the way you were raised, maybe you didn't have a father or maybe you didn't have, you couldn't rely on people and you're just kind of, a, you're an untrusting person. Maybe you have, you've had a lot of heartaches and failures in your life. Maybe somebody hurt you. So it, all these things can play in to why it's so hard sometimes to believe. And, and we, can't, we can't look at politics. You can't look at the politicians. You can't believe the things that they do. And science changes every few years. So you put all your eggs in that basket. Well, guess what's going to get turned over? So the only sure thing in this world is God's word. But that's the very thing the devil tries to get you away from. If he, if he can't get you to just outright disbelieve it, which he will, but if he can't get you to do that, then he'll get you so busy that you don't have time to read it. You don't have time to listen to the tapes. You don't have time to study God's word. You don't have time because we're so caught up in just making a living. He'll, he'll do everything he can to, 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 to take your time and to take you away from the things you need to be doing. He'll take you away from fellowship. He'll do everything he can to stop you from increasing your faith. I read a quote. I may have read it here before, but Brother Branham was in a prayer line, and maybe you haven't heard it, maybe you have, and he was praying for a woman, and he, and he saw it as a black streak, and it went from that woman to another woman as demons crying out to one another. I know you've heard him say that many times. And he could see in, into the unseen, see? He could see into the realms that you and I have five senses. But he was in tune very keenly with that sixth sense. He was in tune also with the supernatural realm that he could, that he could see. He was like a, an eagle. He was carried way up high, and he could look a long ways off like a spy in the, in the military or so. So they say... But anyhow, he saw the demons and he said, oh, he said, those demons are crying out to one another. They're trying to accumulate unbelief. See, they knew the power of getting together. They knew the power of, of coming together and bringing their little licks of darkness together. And they know that if they can accumulate unbelief, that the works of God can't be done. For right here in Matthew 13, 58, that because of their unbelief, it hindered the very work of the Lord Jesus when he was here on the earth. And, and so if the devil can do the same thing to you and I, how much greater, what's greater, darkness or, or light? The light. What's, what's greater, the sin or the Savior? What's greater, the sickness or the healer? See? So if we get together, if we take in a lesson from what the devils are telling us, that if unbelief can hinder the work of God, how much more can faith bring about the promises of God this morning? We've got to get together with one another of like precious faith. Don't never say nothing negative to one another. Always let your testimony be positive. Oh, how many times do we hear Brother Branham talk about that? Faith, it's your, what is it? It's your testimony. It is a victory that the devil will rob you of every time. 
If he can't get you, he can't disarm you. But like Brother Elijah was talking about, if he can get you to discredit the weapon that God has given you, you'll lay it down and never use it. But God has given us a weapon this morning. He's given us faith. He's given us the Holy Ghost. And he's given us power over every unclean spirit in our life in whatever, whatever avenue that we have to face the devil. Is this a Sunday school lesson or is this a preaching? I'm sorry. But Revelations 21.8, it says that the fearful and the unbelieving. Can you turn there, brother? I don't know if you have that up there or not. Yes, Revelations 21.8. Let's see if we can go there. That's easy. It's the last book of the Bible. When you get to the maps and the concordance and the dictionary, just keep on going until you get to the next one. 21.8. When I was a kid, I used to sit there and look at the maps. Supposed to be listening to the preacher, but I'd be looking at the maps in the Bible. I guess I heard a little bit of what was going on. Revelation 21.8, but the fearful. Let's, let's back up to verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Okay? And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable murderers and whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire. Now, there's a difference in this fearful and the fearful that's speaking about in Hebrews 7, uh, 11, 7. Let's go back there. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Okay? Now, he had a fear, but his fear was different, see? It was different than the fearful talking about in Revelations because he had a fear, an awesome respect and an awesome reverence and an awesome obedience to God. See, this fear was different. The fear in Revelations was the fearful of not taking God at his word, not believing what he had to tell you. Brother Branham typed that as when they went up and they were looking over Canaan and there were 12 spies that went over and they came back. And I heard one old preacher say 12 came back with, uh, 10 came back with the gripes, but only two came back with the grapes. See, all they could see was the, was, the, was the negative of what was there. Oh, there's giants, there's walled cities. We can't take it. But Joshua and Caleb, I think there's two of them here this morning, who said, we're more than able to take the land. See, they knew they had seen the work of God. They had seen what God had already done in their life. Oh, they were brought out by a miraculous hand out of, out of slavery and bondage. And led to a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Everywhere the sole of your feet lands is yours. All you got to do is just go and possess it. But they were fearful. No, no, we can't do it. Let's go back. We want to go back to the flesh pots. We want to go back to the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Oh, and, and slavery too, but, uh, but we'll leave that aside. But we want all the... No, see? Afraid to take God at his word. That's the fearful and the unbelieving are lumped in with the adulterers and the whoremongers and all of those. So we must, must, must have faith this morning. Amen. Silence all voices to the contrary. Right. Believe his word, amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, what's the worst thing that can happen if you trust God? Many times, Brother Branham would go and he'd pray for people and the, and the doctors would say, oh, you're giving them a false hope. He said, well, I'm giving them hope. You're giving them no hope. You're saying there's no hope for you. You're going to die. But I'm giving them a, a hope in Christ. 
Now, uh, scroll up, brother. Go to the PowerPoint, and I want to read you what he said. Um, keep going. Well, I'll tell you what. Go back down to that next one there. No, I know the 78 where it says 77. I'm, I'm sorry, 76 and 77. There it is. Oh, if the church of this day could ever pray till they pass the sin barrier and the unbelief barrier. Now he's talking about that sound barrier. Oh, I don't want to hear the sound of the devil. I don't want to hear no rock music, no rap music, none of that hip-hop garbage. What I want to do is pass all these sound barriers and all these uncertain sounds. Listen to that voice this morning. They could shout the victory of a living God once they pass that barrier by looking to the unseen. But we've got to go look. Says right here, the first, uh, first uh, sentence, Oh, if the church of this day could ever pray till they pass the sin barrier. Oh, the devil, he'll get you to where you don't want to pray as much anymore. What about sweet hour of prayer turned into let's just have a little talk with Jesus, right? Used to be sweet hour of prayer. They talked about the all-night prayer meetings. William Seymour and uh, Evan Roberts during the Welsh Revival and William Seymour during the Azusa Revival and outpouring of God and the Holy Spirit on the church. But when they once passed that barrier by looking to the unseen and letting the world vibrate and do what it wants to do, doesn't matter what they're saying out there. doesn't matter about the saber rattling in Ukraine, in Russia, all the politics. Let it do what it's going to do. Let it do what it wants to do, but there's a living God. And when we lose our disbelief and our unbelief in him and pass that place that the world is saying, the days of miracles has passed, it makes you shake. Oh, there's no such thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost. It makes you wonder going to the next one. But if you'll just look at the unseen to the God who promised it, for the promises unto you and to your children... Oh, my. It's not just for back in 1965. Oh, they say Brother Branham was the only one that had the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. He had the Holy Ghost. But I tell you one thing, you won't find a quote nowhere where he ever said it ceased with the apostles. It ceased when I go off the scene. My goodness. But the promise is unto you and to your children and your children's children. Them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Now, if you'll look to the blessed word that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, turn your heads toward that and press on until you pass that vibration, uh, pass the unbelief barriers and the sin barriers and all the barriers that seems to hinder you. You'll fly free in the faith of God, knowing that all things are possible. Then there's no limit. They say hardly to the speed of the plane will go. If there's no limit to the speed the plane will go, there's no limits to the blessings that God will pour down upon a believer that will believe the Scripture claims him to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, my. What a promise. What a blessing to us. We've just got to push past the sin barrier in our life. No matter what it is, when you get up in the morning, don't grab your phone and look at what so-and-so said. Don't turn on the TV or turn on the music. Why don't you just roll over and say, just before you even get out of the bed in the morning, say, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Ghost. Amen. Start confessing it. Start saying it, and God will bring it to pass. Thank you, God, for saving my children. Thank you, God, for saving my brother, my lost brother that's out in sin. Thank you for saving my sister. Thank you for delivering them of alcoholism or drugs or pornography or whatever it is they're caught up in in this day. 
Start thanking him before you even get out of bed in the morning. Say, oh, God, and watch the blessings come down. Oh, praises go up. Blessings come down. Do you believe that this morning? Just pray and seek after him. Hallelujah. But what's the worst thing that can happen in trusting God? Go on up, brother. He's talking about if I prayed for 10,000 people. Uh, it's, it's before that one. Maybe I can find it on here. But he said this here. He said, if I prayed for 10,000 people, how could I see? Here it is. Let's see. If the whole world doubted it, it's one that's got the two, the two bullets on it right there. If the whole world doubted it, I would still believe it with all my heart. If I would pray for 10,000 people overseas or here, and all 10,000 would die in a moment after I prayed for them, I'd still say divine healing was right. Amen. Amen. It's the word of God. Now listen to this. And if I preached to 10,000 and they all died and they were dead for 20 years, listen to this. They were dead for 20 years and returned back and said there's no Jesus. There's no such thing as God. There is no eternity. And Jesus wasn't the Son of God. And I was dying. I'd say, let me go in him. I take my bark. No matter what anyone else would say, I believe him with all my heart. Amen. Oh, silence all voices. He said, even if they came back from the dead and told you there was no God, I'm still going to believe him. Doesn't make any difference. If you pray for 10,000 people and they all died, I'm still going to say God's a healer. We were invited one time to go to a little church. I'm not going to name the name of the denomination, but they don't believe. Well, I'll just say this part here first there was a little boy in that church he had a brain tumor and we got to know them and they liked for us to sing and and he said I want you to come and sing for my son in the church and I want them to hear you and he had a huge church he had to have two services on Sunday morning just to get them all in he had one at nine I believe and one at 10 or 10 or 11 and so we got up and we sung he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities Oh, my, he's the healer of men so true. And we sung that, and, and oh, my, we, we went and sat down, and the preacher got up, and I'll never forget it. He said, don't, don't you think for one second that divine healing was under the atonement. I said, oh, my goodness. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to what he's saying. And I, it, this comes back to me in Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet, not seen as yet, moved the fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you believe God and you take God at what he says, your faith will condemn this world one day. He'll, God will say, I had somebody who believed me. I had somebody who took me at his word. Yeah. Noah took God at his word and it condemned the world. Amen. One day our testimony is going to stand in judgment. One day our testimony of faith will condemn this world when they've had the same opportunity to believe. I've got five more minutes. Hey Amen. They'll say you're foolish. And they say that the divine healing is not in the atonement. Oh my, well, just let them say it. If the, if the whole world doubted now, this is what Brother Bram said here. On the one says 93, it's the one down from the audience. Keep yourself shut in. I think he just had prayer. He had them lay their hands on one another. Keep yourself shut in just a few moments with God. I want to ask you now, as you move your hands back from one another and say, I believe and I take him right now as my healer. And no matter what Satan ever tries to tell me, 
I'm going to believe that God makes me well. No matter what Satan ever, now I'm going to add this, no matter what Satan ever tries to tell me, I believe I'm one of them. No matter what Satan ever tries to tell me, I believe that my sins are under the blood. Oh, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, they're not just covered. They're not just forgotten about. Brother Branham said that when that little drop of ink falls in that tub of bleach, it goes back to the very elements where it come from, even back onto the very head of Satan. It's gone. It can't even be found anymore. It's beyond finding God has no more record of it. Satan's got a record of everything you've done. He keeps a record. He keeps a record of all your failures, all your sins, all your mistakes. But let me tell you something. God has no record of that this morning. If you've said, oh God, no good in me, but I take, I take that precious blood that was shed for me at Calvary. Oh God, let it cover my sins this morning. You promised, oh God, and I believe your word. I believe you. Don't matter what the devil tries to bring up. Let me tell you something, God's got a record book too. And this record book is the record of the redeemed. It's your name is written down when you believe it this morning. God's got a record book, amen. The devil's got one too. I don't care about his record book. He can take it and go on somewhere with it because he's a liar and he's a father of lies, amen. But what's the worst thing that'll happen if you believe God? If you say, I trust him with all of my heart. I trust him with my life. I trust him with my family. I believe I'm healed. It don't matter if the doctor says you're dying of cancer. It don't matter if the doctor says you've got heart trouble. It don't matter. It's like somebody pulling up to your house. Brother Donnie preached this. We don't want no snakes. I don't want no snakes either. But he preached this message. He said, it's like a, a FedEx truck pulling up to your house, knocking on the door. I've got a package for you. You need to sign for it. Oh, and he got a box here. And you can hear him rattling in there. And a hissing. And it's rattlesnakes. I don't want those rattlesnakes. Well, they're yours. I've got a sign. Doc, it says right, right, right here. From the very pits of hell, Beelzebub, uh, care of you. Oh, no, it ain't mine. I don't want that box of rattlesnakes. You just, you just take it on back. I can't take it back. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You leave it right here on the doorstep then. Because I ain't bringing it to my house. You might walk out every day and you, as you're going to work and you have to do this right here getting by them. You might hear them rattling. That might be the symptoms in your body. You might have pain. You might, the doctor might tell you every day. You might get a report. Oh, you're dying. You're dying. The devil, you wake up in the morning. I got them hurting. Oh, some rattlesnakes outside, but I'm not accepting it. I'm not signing for it. It's the devil can take them right on back to hell where he brought them from. And you just keep on. Well, I'm not bringing them to my house. I'm not signing for it. You can say, well, you're living in denial. Let me tell you something. That's what, the, that's what the world says today. If you believe God, you're living in denial. I'll live in denial. Let me live in denial. I'll stay there. I deny everything the devil tries to give me. I deny the sin. I deny the unbelief. I deny the doubt. I deny the sickness. I deny all of it. Mm. But I believe God. How many believes him this morning? You believe him? Oh, my Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me just be a pep rally this morning to you. Oh, it's worth it all. But what's the worst thing that can happen if even you're trusting God and you're saying, I'm healed, I'm healed. I believe what he said, I'm healed and you still die. What's the worst thing can happen? You still die. You, you, you might die, but you still trust in God. Oh my, I'd rather die trusting God and, and on my dying lips Saying, I'm healed, I'm saved, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, my family's sealed, amen. 
What a testimony. Devil might get the last, he might get the last punch in. That's all right. Die with that testimony on your lips. Live with that testimony on your lips. Oh my, my mama just passed a last two weeks ago and she, all oh, the devil fought her so much. I know I got to quit. I just want to tell you this. All her life, he always told her, well, it's for everybody else. You're not saved. You're, look at what you did. Look, look at the sin you've done. And, and all oh, it bothered her. She said, I know I, she told me at Christmas time, she said, I just don't think I got much longer to go. And I just talked to her. And she said it really helped her. And I, I told her that about the blood, the drop of ink in the pool of bleach, and how that it's not even, not even God can't even find it anymore. Oh, my. If he went to look. <laughs> oh, my. She said it helped her so much. I think I need my handkerchief this morning for Sunday school lesson. I usually have to have it when I'm preaching. She said it helped her so much. Oh, my. There's the land beyond the river. Oh, it's real. It's real. The devil tells you, oh, it's a fairy tale. It might be for others, but it's not for you. And I heard Brother Branham talk about that little cousin, how the man went out. How many of you knows the story? Young people, you know the story of the little cousin? The man from the Armor Meat Company out west, his son was looking for a wife, and he went out there. And, and oh, they had a big to-do, a big barn dance, and all the beautiful girls in their dresses. And, and they, he was looking for a wife, and they said, oh, we'll, we'll get him through our flair, and we'll get him through our beauty, and we'll get him through our good dance moves, and we'll get him through all these things. And he was just looking around, that's not the kind of girl. I, I got all those back in Chicago. That ain't what I want. But he saw a little girl, she come out. He said, Brother Bram said she was an orphan, and they just had her there, and, and she was ragged. They didn't have no shoes on. She went out to throw out a pan of dishwater. He got talking to her. He said, hey, something about you. He said, and then the next night he talked to her, and he just fell in love with her. And he said, I, he said you're the one I want. He said, all these other girls, I've seen them. I've, I've got tons of them back in Chicago, but there's just something about you. She just couldn't. She said, oh, me? You mean me of all people? Why me? He said, oh, there's a character about you that the other ones just don't have. Oh, God, he's got a bride this morning. He's got a brow this morning. He's saying that too. There's just something about you. Even though the devil says, oh no, he'll never have nothing to do with you, but there's something about you. The Lord sees there's something about you. When that eagle screamed, you heard the call this morning. You heard, the, you heard that eagle scream, amen. There's just something about you. I've got to close. But oh my, she get, made herself ready. She saved her money and bought her a dress. And they said, oh, they were laughing at her. What a fool. You really believe he's coming back? Oh, he's coming back. You really think he's coming after you? Yeah, she had her dress on. She had her bouquet. And they said, oh, five more minutes. He ain't showed up yet. She said, oh, he's coming. If he said he's coming, let me tell you something. He's coming back. Oh, and I'm the only reason. You're the only reason. It's not for the denominational worlds out there. It's not for the sinners that think, oh, I'm going to go one of these days. But he's coming back after a little bride who's made herself ready. She's not polluted with the world. She's not polluted with the denominations. She's not polluted with creeds and dogmas. Amen. But she just took the unadulterated word of God. And Brother Bram said she's made herself ready. The bride is making herself ready just in a little bit. 
Here comes. She heard the galloping horses. She heard the sand beneath the wheels coming. Oh, here he come down the lane. She ran out from the rest of them and, and just waved to him goodbye and jumped up in the buckboard and went on to be with her husband. Amen. One of these days, we're going to hear the sound rolling beneath those wheels. Amen. Oh, there was a song I heard. Is that the dust? That I see arising, oh, is that his carriage I see down the way. Though the doubters stand near, though they stand and they jeer, our Lord has returned in this day. Glory. Amen. God bless you this morning. Take heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You love him? Amen.